0: Well, if we could, uh, this evening for a short while, if we could turn back to that portion of scripture that we read in the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 18, the Gospel according to Luke and chapter 18, and I want us to consider the parable of the persistent widow, but if we just read again in verse 1, Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. When Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. That they ought always to pray and not lose heart. When I was converted back in 2006 at the age of 18, uh, at that time there were lots of young Christians around. And it was good for us uh, to learn together and also to learn from older and more experienced Christians. But one of the things which I remember is that many of them wore bracelets and they wore these bracelets with an acrostic on them. Uh, It was like a Christian message in, in an acrostic. And one of the most common bracelets at the time was, it had the letters WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the purpose of the bracelet was to remind you uh, that as a Christian, you must seek to live a Christ-centered life. And everywhere you go and in everything you're doing, you'd see this bracelet, which would say WWJD, what would Jesus do? I don't know if these bracelets are still around, but there were similar bracelets which sought to teach you and remind you to live a Christ-centered life. There was also frog, F-R-O-G, uh, fully rely on God. Uh, there was faith, forsaking all I trust him. But one bracelet which I remember so vividly is, uh, it had one acrostic that I'd like us actually to remember this evening. It was the acrostic, push, pray until something happens. Push, pray until something happens. And I want us uh, to remember this acrostic uh, this evening Because this is what Jesus is teaching here in this parable. Jesus is teaching us to push, to pray until something happens. But the reason Jesus is teaching us to push is because when it comes to prayer, and when it comes to praying about circumstances, and even for souls, praying for souls, far too often, and me included, we do as Jesus says here, we lose heart. And that's what Jesus wants us to guard against. Jesus wants us to guard against growing weary in prayer. And even becoming tired of prayer. And not persevering with prayer. And ultimately giving up on prayer. Jesus wants us to pray and not to lose heart. Jesus wants us to push. To pray until something happens. And using this parable, Jesus teaches us to keep pushing. Jesus teaches us to keep pushing. And I'd like us just to consider this parable uh, under three headings. Uh, The providence of prayer, the persistence in prayer, and the power of prayer. So the providence of prayer, the persistence in prayer, and the power of prayer. So look first of all at the providence of prayer. The providence of prayer. Look again at verse 1. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. One of the questions which people often ask is, if God knows everything, why pray? If God knows everything about us, why pray? If God knows everything that's happening in our lives and everything that we need, why pray? What purpose does prayer really have if God already knows what I'm going to ask for? What effect does our prayer really have if God has already decided the answer? Well, if God knows everything, why pray? Does prayer, the question is, does prayer really work? Now, I want to to explain that there's a link between prayer, providence, and provision. There's going to be a lot of Ps tonight, so bear with me. There's a link between prayer, providence, and provision, because prayer is a request in providence for a provision. Prayer is a request in providence for a provision. In which we seek God's provision, whether that provision is salvation or we seek God's grace. We seek his health for our lives. We seek food or clothing or shelter. Whatever it is, we seek God's provision because we believe that God is our provider. And we believe that all our provisions, everything we receive, every every provision we have, it's from God. He is our provider. And in God's sweet providence... God, our provider, provides us with his provisions. And this is important because the words provision and providence, they actually come from the same Latin word. Provideri. Providere. I'm not good with Latin. But the words providence and provision, you could say that provideri, it literally means pro, before, vid, or video, to see. So providere is seen before, providence seen before it happened, provision seen before it was needed. And you know what's remarkable is that God is our provider; He has seen our need before we knew our need, and seeing our need beforehand, God works in His providence. He sees He sees it before it happens, and He makes this provision. He makes This provision for us when we come to him in prayer. And so prayer is a request in providence for a provision. Prayer is a request in providence for a provision. And you know, is that not what Jesus taught about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask him. Your heavenly provider, he has made provisions for you In his sweet providence. Before you even pray. And it goes back to the question. So why pray? Well of course. The thing is our heavenly father. He invites us to pray. We've been taught to pray. As we were reading in in chapter 11. The Lord's prayer. We've been taught to pray. We've been taught to ask for his provisions. And we're to pray as we were reading in the Lord's prayer. We're to pray in accordance with his will. Which is his providence. My friend, we're to pray to God according to God's providence for God's provisions. I love what John Calvin says in his Institutes when he's describing providence. He's got a wonderful section on God's providence. And he starts speaking about prayer, providence and God's provision. And Calvin says, he says, some will ask, is it necessary to lobby God with our prayers as if he were asleep? And needed to be aroused by the sound of our voice. Does God not know what our difficulties are and what we need? But Calvin says, those who argue in this way don't understand the purpose for which the Lord taught us to pray. Prayer is not so much for God's good as it is for our good. This is what Calvin says, prayer is not so much for God's good as it is for our good. So my friend, it's not for God's good that we pray. It's actually for our good. Because God doesn't need to know what's going on in our life. He already knows what's going on in our life. And he's already mapped it all out according to his providence. God doesn't need us to ask for anything because he knows what we need before we ask him. And that's all his provisions. And yet our heavenly father, he invites us and even encourages us to come to him as children, and pray. He knows what we need, but it's for our benefit that we ask him. And that's what Calvin said, prayer is not for God's good, but for our good. And here's another acrostic. You've heard of the acrostic that is often used for prayer. I'm sure you've heard of the acrostic, Acts, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication. And when it comes to prayer, when you think about it, in light of all this God doesn't need our adoration you can't make God any more glorious than he already is. God doesn't need our confession he already knows what our sins are God doesn't need our thanksgiving because he's going to do it anyway because he's a benevolent God. God doesn't need our supplication because he's working all things together for good And ultimately for his own glory. God doesn't need our prayers. There's nothing we can say in prayer that God doesn't already know. This is the thing. God doesn't need our prayers. But we need our prayers to God. We need to give adoration. We need to give confession. We need to give thanksgiving. We need to give supplication to God. We need it. Because it's when we come to the Lord in prayer that the Lord is working in our life. That's why prayer is not for God's good, but for our good. Prayer is not for God's good. Prayer is for our good. And you know, that's what Jesus is reminding us here in this short parable. That prayer is a request in providence for a provision. And prayer is not for God's good. It's for our good. Because what we see here in this parable is that The providence of this widow was that she was all on her own. Her husband had died. He had left her behind and and she was left, well, poor and powerless. And she was in this city all on her own. And as a widow, she couldn't earn a living. She had no rights in society and she was unknown in this large city. She was poor and powerless. She was completely dependent upon the help of others. And you know, in Providence, this widow sought the provision of an unjust judge. And Jesus describes this provider in the parable. He describes him as an unjust judge because even though the unjust judge was a provider, it seems that it was unlikely that he would grant provision to this widow. Because as we're told, the unjust judge, he neither feared God nor respected man. So it was very unlikely that he was going to do anything for this widow. Therefore, everything was against this widow. Because she was poor, she was powerless. And even in the eyes of this unjust judge, she was petty. She was poor, powerless and petty. But she was also persistent. She was persistent. And that's what Jesus goes on to teach us, secondly. The persistence in prayer. So we've considered the providence of prayer. But secondly, the persistence Now, as we said, Jesus is teaching in this parable that prayer is a request in providence for a provision. Prayer is a request in providence for a provision. And the providence of this widow was that she was poor and powerless. And in the eyes of the unjust judge, she was petty. She was poor, powerless, and petty. And yet, more P's for you. Her prayer in providence, seeking a provision, was persistent. Her prayer in providence, seeking a provision, was persistent. And it was her persistence and even her perseverance that convinced the unjust judge to grant her her prayer. Now what we have to understand from this parable is that it's not a parable of comparisons, but a parable of (coughs) contrasts. It's not a parable of comparisons, but a parable of contrasts. Because God is not to be compared to the unjust judge, who had a poor, powerless, and petty widow, persistently praying in his ear, and he eventually gives in. No, God is to be contrasted with this unjust judge, because, well, he's the opposite to the unjust judge. God is not an unjust judge who looks at poor, powerless, and petty sinners, And eventually gives in to all our persistent praying because, well, we're bothering him so much. No, my friend, our God, as we know, he's caring. He's a caring and compassionate father who is more than willing to provide for our needs. God is our provider who promises to grant his provisions according to his providence when we come to him in prayer. God is our provider, who promises to grant us His provisions, according to His providence, when we come to Him in prayer. But like this widow, there are times when, there are times when we need to be persistent and persevere in prayer, and that's also what Jesus taught in, in Luke eleven, which we were reading earlier, when He told the parable of this friend at midnight, who kept asking for bread. Jesus emphasized in that parable the need to persist and persevere in prayer, especially when it comes to salvation. And you know, if you're talking to somebody about their soul and they're seeking the Lord, well, there's a great parable to bring them to. To the, the friend at midnight who persisted and persevered in asking the Lord. Because Jesus says, I tell you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and And you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Because says Jesus. What father among you. If his son asks for a fish. Will give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg. Will give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil. If you know how to give good, good gifts to your children. How much more. Will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit. To those who ask him. How much more? And this is the point of the parable here, that our Heavenly Father, He is our provider, and according to His promises, He promises to grant us His provisions, according to His providence, when we come to Him in prayer. But you know, this is the thing, we need to be persistent and we need to persevere in prayer. We need to be persistent and we need to persevere in prayer because as we said, prayer is not for God's good. Prayer is for our good. Prayer is for our good. And you know, you might think, well can I keep praying the same prayer again and again and again and again? Can I keep asking God for this when I've already asked him for it? And Does it not, does it not come a point where I just have to leave it with the Lord? Just leave it there with him. Is that not a lack of faith to keep asking the Lord for the same thing again and again and again? Should I not just trust the Lord and know that he'll do it and just stop asking? Well, you know, my friend, in many ways, I believe that that's a lie from the devil. Because there's nowhere in the Bible where we're told to stop persisting and stop persevering in prayer. In fact, the opposite is true because... In this parable and elsewhere in scripture, we're exhorted and even encouraged to keep coming to the Lord in prayer. We're never told to stop praying. That's the first thing the devil would want us to do is to stop praying. But we're told to keep coming to the Lord in prayer. We even see that in the example of Jesus. Jesus, we're told again and again in the Gospels, he would spend all night in prayer. But then you come to Near the end of his life. And we find Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And the cup of his father's wrath is right before him. And he's, he's coming before his father in prayer. And he's coming with the same prayer. Again and again and again. We're told that Jesus came three times. Saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus persisted in prayer. Jesus persevered in prayer. And my friend, we need to do the same. We need to keep persisting and keep persevering in prayer because prayer is not for God's good. Prayer is for our good. Prayer is for our good. And as we said, prayer is a request in providence for a provision. Prayer teaches us. Prayer, you know, prayer ought to teach us persistence, perseverance, and even patience. Prayer ought to teach us persistence, perseverance, and patience. And when we come to our Father in heaven, we're just to come like children. We're to come like children to their own Father. You know, as children, uh, David, Finlay, and Daniel, if they want something, they will keep asking for it until they get it. And even if you say to them, if you say to David, or it's usually David, if you say to him, not just now, you'll need to wait. Guarantee only a few minutes will go by, five minutes even, and then he'll ask again. And if they're met with the same response, not just now, or, or in a wee while, or in a minute, you you, you need to be patient They'll do the same thing. They'll wait a few minutes, then they'll come back and ask the same question again. And they'll ask it again and again. But only when the time is right, whether it's a sweetie after dinner or whatever it is, you give them what they're asking for, if it's what they need. And you give it to them, not because you're fed up with them. Sometimes you are. Not because you're fed up, but not because you're really fed up with them and you want them to stop asking. But you give it to them because you love them. And, you know, it's in their asking, thinking about it, it's in their asking that they're actually learning persistence, perseverance, and patience. And in the same way, we are to come to our Heavenly Father, we're to, and we're to keep asking, we're to keep seeking, we're to keep knocking. We're to persist and persevere in prayer. And as we wait upon the Lord, prayer is for our good. It's for our good because it's teaching us patience. Prayer is not for God's good. Prayer is for our good because it teaches us to wait patiently upon the Lord and not lose heart. And you know, that's why Jesus told this parable that we ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Because as we know only too well, when it comes to prayer and praying about circumstances or praying for the souls of those in our care and in our family, far too often we lose heart. We give up. But Jesus, he wants us to guard against that. Jesus wants us to guard against growing weary and becoming tired and not persevering and ultimately giving up on prayer. Jesus wants us to pray and not to lose heart. He wants us to push, to pray until something happens, to keep praying until something happens. You know, George Muller, he was the founder of the... (coughs) Christian or- orphanage during the 19th century. And George Muller, he's remembered as a man of prayer. And if you've read, ever read about him, you'll know that he prayed for every provision for the Lord to feed the children in the orphanage. But George Muller, he also knew the importance of persistence and perseverance and patience in prayer. When, because when he was young, he began to pray that two of his friends might be converted. And he prayed for them. We're told, every day for 60 years. And one of the many was converted shortly before his death. The other man was converted after his death. And you know, in many ways we need to be like George Muller. It doesn't mean that the Lord is going to answer our prayer. It'll always be according to his will. But you know, we need to be men and women of prayer. We need to remember the importance of persistence and perseverance and even patience in prayer. And you know, whether we're praying for our unconverted spouse, or our prodigal children, or the lost members of our extended family and friends, and even our work colleagues, those people that we're always bringing before the Lord in prayer. You know, Jesus is reminding us this evening we need to keep praying, and not to lose heart. Keep praying, And not lose heart. We need to push. We need to pray until something happens. Because there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And this is what I want us to consider lastly. The power of prayer. So we've considered the providence of prayer. The persistence in prayer. And the power. The power of prayer. Look at verse 6. The Lord said. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus concludes his parable about prayer by emphasizing the power of persistent, persevering and patient prayer. He says in verse 6, hear what the unjust judge says. And the unjust judge said, he says in verse 5 because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And what Jesus is drawing your attention to in the parable is the fact that the widow was bothering the unjust judge. And the word bothering, it's the key word to the entire parable. It's actually the key word in the other parable. Uh, the friend at midnight the word bothering is used in both parables and the word bothering it literally means to labor in the sense of laboring and working and toiling to the point that you've got nothing left to give and what Jesus is saying to us is that that's how God expects you to pray you're to labor in prayer You're to work at prayer, you're to toil in prayer, you're to persist in prayer, you're to persevere in prayer, you're to be patient in prayer, because that's where the power of prayer is. The power of prayer is in persistent, persevering and patient prayer. The power of prayer is in persistent, persevering and patient prayer. And you know, is that not the the motto of the Slavic Gospel Association? We always enjoy their visit every May. But we're always reminded of the words of the founder, Peter Denka. He believed much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. And that's what Jesus is emphasising here. Much prayer, much power. If we're labouring and working and toiling and persisting and persevering. And even being patient in prayer. There will be much power in prayer. And it's with much prayer that Jesus says in verse 8. Now will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus says here that the power of prayer is in persistent, persevering and patient prayer. Which is why Jesus, he gives this call to prayer right at the end of the parable. When he says that when he returns to the world... When he comes the second time, when he comes in his glory to judge the world, will he find faith on earth? Now Jesus doesn't mean will he find Christians on the earth. He means that when he comes again, will he find the Lord's people still praying? Will he find the Lord's people still praying? Will he find the Lord's people still persisting and still persevering and still patiently waiting upon the Lord? Will he find faith on earth? You know, it's a challenge to all of us. When the Lord comes again, will he find us still praying? And you know, as Jesus brings his parable and prayer to, to a conclusion, he gives this call to prayer. It's a call to prayer because the power of prayer is in persistent, persevering, and patient prayer. And you know, that's even evident from history. Because it was true of the Great Awakening under Jonathan Edwards in the 18th century. It was true of the revival among the North American Indians under David Brainerd, again in the 18th century. It was true of the Evangelical Revivals under Whitfield and Wesley. It was true of the Ulster Revival, the Welsh Revival, the Lewis Revival. And it will be true of future revivals that the power of prayer is in <coughs> persistent persevering and patient. The power of prayer is in persistent, persevering, and patient prayer. I'm nearly done. It was the American evangelist, Ari Torrey. He wrote this book. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's a book called The Power of Prayer and the Prayer of Power. The Power of Prayer and the Prayer of Power. More peace. Anyway, he says in this book, Great revivals always begin first in the hearts of a few men and women, whom God arouses by his spirit to believe in him as a living God, as a God who answers prayer and upon whom he lays a burden from which no rest can be found except in persistent crying to God. Have you nothing for which you can persevere in prayer, he asks. Then persevere in prayer for revival, because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so in this parable, Jesus is teaching us to push. Pray until something happens. And Jesus has taught us about the providence of prayer, the persistence in prayer, and the power of prayer. Prayer is a request in providence for a provision. Prayer is not for God's good. Prayer is for our good. And the power of prayer is in persistent, persevering, and patient prayer. Therefore, Jesus says to us this evening, push. Do not lose heart. Pray until something happens. Well, May the Lord bless these thoughts to us. Let us pray. O Lord, our gracious God, we give thanks to thee this evening for the gift of prayer. To know that we have access to a holy God and that we have access right into the very throne room of heaven. And help us, Lord, we pray as thy people, not to neglect this privilege, to realise that we have an access through the name of thy Son, Jesus, and that we come clothed in his righteousness, that we are able, Lord, to stand in thy presence and call unto thee, knowing that thy word promises to us, call unto me, and I will answer, and show thee great and wondrous things. And Lord, we pray that thou wouldest hear us, that thou wouldest answer us. Hear our prayers for those in our homes and those in our families. Husbands, Lord, that are still strangers to thee. Wives, Lord, that are out of Christ. And Lord, children that are on the broad road. O Lord, we plead that thou wouldest bring them to thyself. Remember, Lord, friends and relatives that we know and love and that we would long for them to taste and see that thou art good and trust in thee and be blessed. And, Lord, that thou wouldest grant to us that prayer, the prayer for reviving, reviving, Lord, in our own heart, that thou wouldest awaken us from our slumber and cause us, Lord, to, to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good work and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Lord, give to us a burden for those around us. Give to us, Lord, a burden for our community that we will continue to bring them to the throne of grace knowing that thou art the God who is able to do in us and for us exceedingly, abundantly above all, more than we could ask or even think. Oh Lord, do it then we pray and answer us in accordance with thy will, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to bring our service to a conclusion this evening by singing to God's praise in Psalm 130. Psalm 130 in the Scottish Psalter, page 421 Psalm 130 and we're singing the whole psalm as you know this psalm it begins in the depths and ends in the heights but what's interesting about this psalm especially in relation to prayer is that he's waiting upon God And as he waits upon the Lord, he says, my hope is in his word. And that's, well, that's our hope too. That as we wait upon the Lord, our hope is in his word. Lord, from the depths to thee I cried. My voice, Lord, do thou hear. And to my supplications voice give an attentive ear. Lord, who shall stand? If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity. But yet with thee forgiveness is that feared thou mayest be. The whole psalm. To God's praise. fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.